Welcome to the Prophecy Club. Yes, Kim Jong-il, yep, I think I said his name correct, uh, did, as I said yesterday, go over and kiss Trump's ring and agree to pretty much everything they want to do, and I am not surprised. I think that that fits in with Bible prophecy, what we've heard from the prophets, and I think we have a really big rejoicing because our prayers have been answered, brothers and sisters. Our prayers have been answered answered that we're not having to worry about North Korea attacking us now. At least that's the information. Now, I, I want to also, I <laughs> wasn't planning on this, but I just got reminded to do this. So I'm, 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 I'm and I'm going to try not to get emotional, but I tell you what, this thing shook me. So I, I, I want to, I tell you this because I want you to know the power of the name of Jesus. I have to tell you about something that just happened yesterday. Okay. So, we may get to continuing to listen to planned population reduction, and we may not. So here's what happened. So as I've said several times, I play racquetball. And I went to play racquetball uh, yesterday, and I was actually taking a lesson. I take a lesson from the number five racquetball player in the world. He's really good, 28 years old and just amazing. He makes this old man look uh Pretty bad. <laughs> but, yeah, I'm never going to make a living at it, but I, I like it. I, I enjoy it. keeps me healthy, and I just enjoy playing it. If you haven't played racquetball, go check it out. So anyway, so I'm taking a lesson, and all of a sudden, my, my buddy, my instructor, turns around and says, man, there's something happening out there. So I, I walked out. All right, here. You know, okay, if I'm going to do this, I guess I need to do it the whole way. Okay, so let me pause that story, and let me just back up. Um, Leslie and I recently were at, uh, how do I say this? How do I say this? How do I say this? Okay, there. recently we, we were at um, a, a, a dock. Okay, that, and I'll say it that way. We were at a dock, and I saw this wave runner come up, and it didn't even slow down. I mean, it hit the beach like at full speed. And I thought, wow, man, that's unusual. And it was like one of these life saver guys, you know, these, these, you know, the guys supposed to keep people from drowning. And so I began to take notice and I was watching this. And about that time, I saw that there was another dock, another boat that pulled up to the dock. And this was kind of a long pier out into the water. And this guy all by himself lifts this woman up and throws her up on the dock. And, man, I mean, it was like throwing a sack of potatoes up there. I mean, she was gone. She was out. And about that time, Leslie walked up, and I pointed out to her what was going on. And she said, hey, uh, should we go and pray for them? I said, well, I've already been praying for them, actually, already. I said, but Ben's were in another country, and I don't even know if they can understand me right now. I don't even know that we should get involved in this. And so we continued to pray and plead the blood of Jesus over it. And they came up, and they were doing chest compressions on this woman and giving her mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. And the, the EMPs, the paramedics arrived. And long story short, uh, she didn't make it. Okay, now. I thought, I thought that I had 
done the right thing. I mean, I, I don't want to be like some kind of, hey, you know, I'm a minister and let me pray for them and I can bring them back to life, some kind of arrogant statement, some kind of a deal like that. You know what I'm saying. I, I want to do it right. And so I didn't do anything. So now let's go to yesterday. So yesterday, it's about uh, 4.30 in the afternoon, and my racquetball instructor says, man, there's something going on out there. So, uh, <laughs> all right, let me let me hold the story. Let me hold the story, because now I just remembered something else. Again, I, I wasn't going to tell you this, and so I haven't really thought through exactly how I'm going to explain it. But, okay, so like three weeks ago, this buddy of mine that I play racquetball with, I hear that he has had a heart attack. So I walked up to him last Thursday night, and I said, okay, <laughs> tell me, what's the story here? What's going on? He says, well, you know, I, I had this little uh, something going on. I kind of got dizzy a little bit, and so I went to my son-in-law. My son-in-law is a fellow that works with the uh, the fire department, and he put this machine on me, and it said something's wrong with my heart. Long story short, they took me to the emergency room. 30 minutes after I hit the curb, they are putting two stints in me. I said, so you okay? He said, yeah. I said, well, you're not going to play racquetball tonight, are you? He says, no, no. He says, actually, I've, I promised my doctor I'm not going to play racquetball for about four weeks. I said, well, that's real good. He said, I said, what are you doing here then? He said, well, I'm just going to hit the ball around in a little bit. So I went on in another court, and I was warming up. I come out of there, and lo and behold, He's playing racquetball. He just told me just a few minutes ago he wasn't supposed to play racquetball. So now, let's go to what happened yesterday. So again, about 4.30, uh, he said, man, something's happening out here. So I walked outside. I'm trying not to get emotional. Lord, help me not to get emotional. Tell these people. So I walked out, and, and there's my buddy. I mean, he's laying on the floor. And he, it, it looked like, have you ever seen these, uh, I think they call them Mr. Bills. It's a little toy that you can squeeze and his eyes pop out and these things pop out of his ears and his whole head gets big. That's what it looked like. This guy's laying on his back. Oh, both of his arms are up and he's gone. And his eyes were like popping out of his head. Now, I'm not a doctor. I don't know what that means. I don't know what was happening. Ask me about Bible prophecy, I can tell you. I, but I'm not a doctor. I don't know. But I know that it scared me. It scared me. It scared me. It scared me real bad. And so I saw him, and I instantly, I started, and it was rather loud. I, I started hollering. I said, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus. I said, somebody, quick, call. There's two or three people standing around. They have cell phones in their hand. Somebody, quick, call 911. They said, we've already called them. So it's apparently at this point been about two minutes. So uh, somebody said, man, somebody needs to be like giving him chest compressions. And no, everybody's standing around with their, their hands folded over their chest, and they're just looking down on this guy. And about this time, this other guy comes up. He said, man, we got to give the guy chest compressions. Well, I'm looking at him, and his tongue is is all purple. His face is purple. And this is my racquetball buddy, and he's laying on the ground. And I don't even know if I can do this. Okay, so so he starts giving the guy chest compressions. Now, he's a kind of a apparently a muscle lifter, a weight lifter. I mean, He's a big guy. 
And he pushes down this guy's chest, and I mean his his legs lift up. He is getting some serious chest compressions. And I look at him. Well, he can't breathe. He, his face is purple. His tongue is purple. His tongue is sticking out. It's like his tongue is all swollen. And I don't even know if I can do this. Um, okay, I'm going to try to continue. But he, he's dead. He's gone. He's gone. Now, I would like to tell you that this great man of God, this great believer that I am, I'd like to tell you that I just pled the blood of Jesus over him. He came back to life. Or I'd even like to tell you that I immediately laid hands on him and started praying for him. I didn't, but I had a lesson that God was about to teach me. And if you can learn this lesson by listening to this broadcast, then you will have learned a very big lesson. I learned my lesson. So so he can't breathe. So I, you know, I, I, I don't know this stuff. So I, I pulled his mouth open and I tried to move his tongue back. But his tongue was like, I, I, I can't explain it. it. It seemed like it was like two or three times the size and it was blocking his whole passageway. He was not breathing. There was no pulse. And he was just kind of like gurgling. His eyes were poking out. He was out. He was gone. I mean, he was dead. And I thought, man, we got to, we got to clear his passages. Somehow we got to open this up somehow. And so I put my finger down his throat, but his tongue was still in the way. He couldn't breathe. I had to put my finger down, I mean, like a long way down his throat to, to try to get him to breathe. And I finally had to put my finger down, almost down to the gag reflex, way, way down. I don't even know if I was doing this right. Way, way down at the bottom of his tongue. And I had to lift up and had to pull his mouth open. He's gone. I mean, he's gone. There's no pulse. He's not breathing. And it's been this way for now three, maybe four minutes. So I pushed down on his tongue and... It was almost like there was a little bit of a vacuum in his his lungs a little bit, and he kind of breathed in a little bit, but he didn't blink. His I, I didn't look at his eyes, but I'm 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 probably pretty sure they were dilated. Uh, again, I'm not expert. I don't know what's going on. I'm just trying to get the guy to breathe. Well, there is enough air going in and out from the chest compressions. So the chest compressions that the other guy is doing is hopefully helping his heart. And as I'm holding his mouth open, basically, with his tongue out of the way, there's a little bit of air going in and out along with the chest compressions. Never thought of that, but that's kind of what is going on. And about this time, somebody else comes up with this little yellow box and it, they, they pull out these uh, electrodes and they put it on his chest and uh, here and there. And then the thing says, okay, get away from the patient. This is the little box talking. Get away from the patient. Nobody's touching the patient. Uh, we're about to do whatever the thing is, the shopping. I, I, don't, I don't know what the correct word, but the thing said the correct word. And so everybody stopped. Everybody got away from him, and they shocked his his heart. And he jumped. You know, you you know what I'm talking about. And he jumped. Uh, still no pulse. Still no breathing. Still no blinking. I mean, he's gone. He's gone. And so the guy keeps pounding on his chest. I'm holding his mouth open, but the best we can get out of him is gurgling. The, where's the EMPs? Where's the EMPs? Uh, or the, the, the EMTs? Where, where's the paramedics? Uh, well, they're on their way. Well, 
what's the hold up? You know, they're stopping for meals or something. Get them here now. I mean, we're talking 10 minutes into this. Matter of fact, it, it was so far into it that they, the, the guy giving chest compressions just stopped. In other words, I, I think they were just like giving up on this. He, he, he's gone. He's gone. They're just giving up on him. And then when he gave up, then another woman that I learned later was a nurse, and she started giving the guy compressions. I, by this time, I've now held the guy's mouth open again, and but there's really not any breath. I mean, he he is just gone. And so there was a little lull in there where he wasn't getting any chest compressions. I backed off, and partly because one of the other guys was saying, "Sir, sir, you need to back up." And I thought, well, you know, I don't know what I'm doing here. I'm not EMT. So I backed off, and he was gone. He was gone, gone, gone. So finally, there was a lull there in just a second, and I just laid my hands on his chest. Okay, I'm not going to get emotional. I'm gone. I'm not going to get emotional, I'm going to tell you. So I laid my hands on his chest. I didn't say it real loud. I Probably nobody even noticed. Probably nobody even heard. But the Lord heard. I laid my hands on his chest, and I said, Lord... Bring him back in Jesus' name. Instantly. Just like that. He blinked. <gasps> he took a really big breath. And somebody said, his heart's beating. His heart's beating. And so I put my hands down on his down on his neck and I could feel his heart beating. And just he's, I, now he's breathing in and out. He's now got a pulse. And I, here's, here's the lesson. Here's the lesson. Here's the lesson I learned. Here's the lesson I want you to learn. Uh, the you see, uh, I, uh, I, 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 when I saw his eyes blink, when I, when I saw him take that breath, the exact thought came to my mind. So it's real. So, so this name of Jesus really is powerful. It really worked. It, it shocked me. I'm, I'm ashamed to say that it shocked me. I should have known. I should have had more strength, more belief. I, I feel real bad because I didn't have the strength and the belief at that moment. I should have done that the first thing. But all of a sudden, my buddy laying there, he, it's been 10 minutes, maybe 15. There's no EMT. There's nobody there. And it's like, Nobody else can do it. Stan, you got to do it. If this your buddy going to live, he's going to live because you did something. And let me make this clear. The shock didn't do it. The chest compressions didn't do it. Me putting my finger down to the very back of his tongue and opening his airway up didn't do it. The name of Jesus did it. As soon as I said Jesus uh, it was almost like God was waiting for me to do it. It's almost, and I told Leslie, I said, you know, I said, I can't escape. I, I can't escape the thought that keeps coming to me about that lady I didn't pray for that died. And then the thought keeps coming to me that he collapsed literally right outside of the racquetball court, right where I was playing, right outside my door. The thought keeps coming to me is that God had a purpose that he wanted to show me that his name has power. God wanted to show me 
the power of his name, the power of the name of saying Jesus. And all of a sudden, I mean, as soon as I laid my hands one side of the chest, the other side of the chest, no one was, I don't even know if they were looking. I don't know. And I, I didn't say it real loud. I said, Lord, bring him back in Jesus' name. And as soon as I said that, boom, he was back. He was back in his body. His eyes were blinking. He was alive. He got a pulse. He was breathing. And he, I just, I, I just, I just marvel. I mean, just watched him breathe and breathe. He blinked again. He's looking around. He's blinking. He's blinking. He's breathing. And that's what I'm saying. I'm saying he's got pulse. He's got pulse. He's alive. He's breathing. And this had been, I wish I'd looked, but I know it was, I guarantee it was 10 minutes, but he, it was probably 20, actually, probably it was 20 minutes. He was probably 20 minutes, at least 15. I guarantee you, Tim, at least 15 minutes. No breath, no heartbeat. I guarantee you, even, I mean, I had my finger down his throat. I, I would know if he's breathing. And he wasn't breathing out, outside of just a little bit of a breath just from the chest compression. In other words, it wasn't real breathing. And if he'd have really been there, he'd have blinked or something. He, he was gone. He was gone. And finally, the EMT get there. And they put all their instruments on him and everything. And he's kind of coming out of it a little bit better. And I... I reached down and I said, buddy, it's going to be okay. Everything is going to be okay. And he looked up at me. He looked up at me. He looked up at me. He said, I, I, I guess I drifted off. And I thought, drifted off? You weren't even close. You were gone. You were gone. And I tell the story, brothers and sisters, because I want to let you know, the days coming, the days ahead, the things that are coming, know for sure. Don't wait. Don't wait until until there's an emergency to believe in the name. What now if I could back up and do it over again? I ran out on that dock. Even though I was in another country, they might not have under either even understood a word I said. I'd run out onto that dock and I'd have said, May I pray for her? And if there had been an opening, I might not have even asked. And I feel so bad because I might have been able to lay my hands on that woman and just just say, Lord, bring her back in Jesus' name. And what I should have done with this brother, what I should have done when I saw him, instead of just freaking out like everybody else, acting like a dunce, like I didn't know what to do, what I should have done, even before I said, blood of Jesus, blood of Jesus, I'm fine, say blood of Jesus as you're walking over to him, but what I should have done, just very, uh, if you can do something without being seen, if you can do something without people not noticing, that's what I, what I should, and that's what I'll do again. Just calmly walk over and just lay my hands on him and just softly say, in the name of Jesus. Actually, what, what I'll say is, is the same thing again. I'll just say, Lord, bring him back in Jesus' name. As soon as I said Jesus, I mean, it was like the bolt of lightning hit him. It was like that name, that name, brothers and sisters. In the Look, we live in the last days, and we, we have to know that, yes, okay, all of this trouble is coming, but we have to know that in all of that trouble, we have the name, the name above all names. We have the name that can bring people back to life. I remember 
Since then, several things have come back to my memory. And I remember it was, I don't know, 10 years ago in the night, God, no, it was maybe 12 years ago in the night, God told me, uh, I, I need to even get out the notes on what it was that he told me in a dream. But part of what he told me was that he has given me the, the power and the authority to bring the dead back to life. And I'm telling you, I saw it. Now, my wife and I talked about this, and I said, I saw a miracle. She said, you've seen other miracles. And she she started list, listing them off, you know, praying for our children. And yeah, I said, yeah, 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 and I, I know, I know, I understand that. I said, but... I mean, I saw the miracle. She says, so it, it's, it's a difference in a, in a healing where a person is healed and it like kind of gradually comes on. But in this case, this guy was dead. He was gone, man. He hadn't breathed in probably 15 minutes. And there was no heartbeat, even though they shocked him with one of those shocker things. And I, I just want to let you know that the name of Jesus has power. Revelation says that Jesus has the keys of hell and death, means that he decides who dies when they die. He decides who goes to heaven and who goes to hell. He is the righteous judge. He is the judge at the great white throne. He is the judge at the judgment seat of Christ. And all judgment is given unto the Son, John five twenty two, And the name of Jesus... Brothers and sisters, you got to hang on to that. If you don't hear anything else from Prophecy Club, hear that. The name of Jesus, I saw it. I saw a miracle. I saw the name of Jesus bring my buddy back to life. He was gone. He was gone 10 minutes, probably 15. The truth be known, it might have even been 20 minutes. I mean, the people, they'd stopped. They'd given up. They'd given up on chest compressions. They'd given up. They, the, the machine was charging again to shock him again, but it was charging. It wasn't charged yet. I just laid hands on him, and I said, Lord, bring him back in Jesus' name. And as soon, I just, I'm telling you, as soon as I said in Jesus, as soon as I said that name, that's the name above all names. There is none other name under heaven whereby men may be saved or brought back to life but by the name of Jesus. I want you to know, I want you to remember, the heart of the Prophecy Club is not to try to scare you. It is to try to help you to understand what is coming to get your heart prepared. And the purpose of this broadcast is to let you know the name of Jesus has power, power over death and over life, and he has given us power. And to me, I think it was saying, Stan, I don't know, I don't know exactly why why this all happened, but apparently the Lord is saying, Stan, in the future, you be ready to lay hands on someone a whole lot quicker than this, because I am convinced, had I not laid my hands had I not used the name of Jesus on my friend, and I just called his hotel room this morning, they're saying, he's doing fine, I'm going up to see him here as soon as they'll let me in, and I, I'm sure he doesn't know the story, but I'm going to tell him the story. He's a Christian, he, him, we, we've, we've talked, he's a Christian, and I knew, a matter of fact, it even came to my mind as I was about to lay hands on him, he's a Christian, I'm sure he would appreciate this, and he would agree with me is what, what I'm doing. And uh, as soon as I said the name Jesus, all of a sudden his eyes blinked. He took a real deep breath. 
He got his pulse back. He was gone, brothers and sisters. I saw it. I saw a miracle. I saw a miracle. I saw a miracle. I saw a man come back from the dead right in my hands, right in my hands. My hands were still on his chest, his bare chest laying there on that floor. When I said the name Jesus, his eyes blinked, took a big deep breath, and his heart started beating. There is no other name. There's no other name. No other name. So, brothers and sisters out there, if you've not asked Jesus into your heart, you must do it. You do not want to meet the other side of life without the name of Jesus. Jesus, Yeshua, the Christ, the Messiah, the Prince of the Kings of the Earth, the King of all kings, the Lord of all lords, the soon-coming King and the righteous judge. Ask Him into your heart. Tell Him you know you've made mistakes. Tell Him you know you've sinned. You don't have to have a big fancy prayer. Call on His name. Call on the name of Jesus. Call on the name of Jesus. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your prayers. And thank you for your gifts of support. God bless. Now from the Prophecy Club, some exciting opportunities for you. The Extreme Summer Blowout is now in effect. You can get 50 DVDs for $250, that's $5 each, $25 for $160, that's $640 each, $15 for $120, that's $8 each, $10 for $100, obviously $10 each, $6 for $70, $4 for $50, and $2 for $30. You can go to prophecyclub.com. There's a list of all the DVDs there, or you can call us and ask for the summer catalog. Or download the catalog at prophecyclub.com. Flip through it, then decide which DVDs you want. That's 785-266-1112, and it expires soon. Call 785-266-1112 today. Some restrictions apply. Dr. Bree Keaton just made a brand new DVD. It's called Is Trump or Patrick Henry? Now, it's not a political talk. Bree's mother was a descendant of the patriot Patrick Henry. She reveals shocking, never-released private family records, bloodlines, and gives you the true story of how God used Patrick Henry to save America. She helped me to see more clearly where we are and where we're going because most of history has already repeated itself. I promise you will like this DVD. It is Trump by Patrick Henry, prophecyclub.com. Well, the truth is almost no people on earth agree on all points of the Bible, but... If you listen to the Prophecy Club, the Spirit of Prophecy Church might be just right for you. Our two most controversial beliefs are speaking in tongues and post-trip. But you might have to attend a long time to see anybody speaking in tongues, and we don't really make post-trip a big deal. But our two only sticking points are Jesus is Lord and the King James Bible. So if you're not attending a church or if you're maybe looking for a new or a different church home, Especially if you like listening to the Prophecy Club, Spirit of Prophecy Church might be a fit.
Most of our congregation found us via Prophecy Club, and many actually drive long distances to attend. We suggest you visit at least five times before making your decision, and if you walk in Sunday morning about 10.15, you walk into Coffee and Donuts. You're free to leave anytime, no questions asked. So, if you listen to Prophecy Club, give us a try. Spirit of Prophecy Church, 2540K Avenue in Plano. That's on the corner of Park and K, like the margarine, right behind the Whataburger. Spirit of Prophecy Church, 2540K Avenue, Plano, Sunday, 1015. Ask for Stan. The Watchman's Trumpet will allow you to gift free coupons to friends to watch Prophecy Club DVDs online. They get saved, and it counts toward your book of works because it was done in cooperation with the Prophecy Club. When you donate for Watchman's Trumpet, end your gift in a 7, and we'll give you 20% extra viewing credits for helping create the program. The cost to write the program ranges from seventy dollars to $150,000 from two to six months to write. Once Watchman's Trumpet is online, you can set up your account for $1 and get four credits, or you may choose a larger block of credits. You can immediately begin to watch any Prophecy Club DVD or send out free gift coupons to others. Send your best gift to prophecyclub.com now to help us write the program. Make the last digit of your donation a 7, and we'll give you 20% extra viewing credits in the new Watchman's Trumpet program when it comes online. At prophecyclub.com, prophecyclub.com, Watchman's Trumpet.